0: Hello, my name is Flick Beckett and welcome to The Love of Cinema, a Picturehouse podcast proudly sponsored by Keir, the champion of independent cinema nationwide. Today, I was very excited, as you will hear, to speak with William Oldroyd, director of the simply brilliant Eileen, which premiered at Sundance earlier this year. Starring Thomasin McKenzie and Anne Hathaway, it's been described as Carol meets Reservoir Dogs. Set during a bitter 1964 Massachusetts winter, young secretary Eileen becomes enchanted by the glamorous new counselor at the prison where she works. Their budding friendship takes a twisted turn when Rebecca reveals a dark secret, throwing Eileen onto a sinister path. I'm Rebecca.
1: I know. Oopsie. Nasty habit. That's why I like it. <coughs> I live a little differently than most people. They're probably scared of you. Prison is not a place for a young lady. You got a big life ahead of you, I'm sure. I'm just kind of average, I think. You really think you're a normal person?
0: Welcome, William Oldroyd, to the Picture House podcast, and congratulations on Eileen. What a movie!
1: Thank you. <laughs> Thanks so much.
0: So, I've never said this to anyone before, but I have to say, from literally the opening eye-dents, how they're presented, I was thinking, I am so going to enjoy this. There was so much care, and I want to say visual deliciousness right from the start? Was that something that was really important to you?
1: Yes, I wanted to open with a bang, you know, I mean, it's, you've got to grab people in the first instance, I think, I always try with the first scene to find a moment, to find a little scene which really captures the character's dilemma. What is at stake, you know, what what where, where we meet them, you know, where we can go from there. So that first scene with Eileen at the beach, for me, encapsulates all of her frustrations. But before that, you know, we wanted to, I don't know, like a little interlude, a little fanfare, whatever it may be, like something which totally gives you a sense of the tone of the world you're about to enter and just wake you up a little, because, you know, you get into the cinema, you find your seat, you sit down, there's all of the sort of the production company logos at the beginning, and, you know, you can sort of, and then we just need to know that the movie started. And that's what we did, and I spoke with Richard, the... um, composer and I said, you know, get our attention. And he did. I thought he did a fantastic job. That 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 sort of Eileen theme that he's that he set up. And then we follow it through the whole movie.
0: I absolutely I mean even just the, the titling as well was just I could feel my shoulders just sort of nestling in for the whole yes. journey, the duration. Yeah. It was just fabulous. So Let's go back. and t- So tell us about when you first encountered Eileen, the story by Atessa Moshe, and yes. what it was about the story that demanded an adaptation to screen for you.
1: Well, it was the March 2020, it was the beginning of lockdown, and I read My Year of Rest and Relaxation, one of Atessa's later books, uh, which was about a young woman who puts herself to sleep for a year, which felt like quite a good book to read at the beginning of lockdown. So we, uh, my, a sort of manual of how to navigate our time, our way through this time, uh, and that you know I loved the book, and, I, and it led me to some other books were Glue a Novella she wrote, and Death in Her Hands, another book, and then obviously, Eileen, which was the book that she wrote her first full novel in twenty fifteen, uh, and I just read it in one really. I couldn't put it down. It was I thought this this character of was so compelling. I thought she was, you know, tricky, complicated, dark, very funny, all of the things that I really enjoy when thinking about bringing characters to life on screen. And then she had this extraordinary relationship with Rebecca St John, another character who felt like she'd been taken directly out of Patricia Highsmith's story or some sort of Hitchcock adaptation or, you know, certainly the world of noir. And I just thought this would be something really wonderful to bring to life on screen. Also because Otessa had created such strong images on the page. I mean, those, she, she wrote in what I felt was quite a cinematic way. Those images felt like images from movies I'd seen. And at the same time, unlike anything I'd seen before. And so I managed to speak to her on Zoom. And I said, have you thought about adapting Eileen as a film? I know that she had been talking to people about adapting her other works. And uh, she and I agreed that she would like to adapt it herself with her writing partner and husband Luke and I said well you know why not why don't we do that over the next several months and then once we're ready once we're happy with the script that we have we could take it to a producer and a financier and then at least we are presenting something that we feel we're happy with uh, a movie that we would like to make
0: and tell me about the, coming up with the script, because it is a quick, smart script, isn't it? It's really, yeah. really... There's no fat on it. It's no. very engaging. It's really intelligent. And she's quite an unusual person as well, isn't she, Atessa? Tell me about your relationship and, and making the script come to life.
1: Well, you know, it, sometimes people think when you work with a novelist on an adaptation of their novel, they're going to be very precious about maintaining... Every beat of the book, making sure that it's a faithful adaptation, and that I think Artessa wasn't concerned about that at all. I think she was concerned about capturing the spirit of the book, capturing the spirit of who Eileen was and the, the and the tone, this very sort of darkly funny, at times sinister, twisty tone. So you know, I I felt it was a great privilege to have not only Artessa adapting her own book, but also Luke, who knows Otessa very well, knows Otessa's work very well, but also offers a fresh perspective on something which maybe, you know, Tessa's is very close to this character, I she invented her after all. And together, you know, we, we just seem to share the same sense of humour, the, the same sort of understanding of what this could be as a movie and set about doing that. And then obviously you bring in people like Ari Wegner, who shot it, uh, Craig Laithrop, production designer Nick Emerson was an important very very important part of what the final movie was as the editor you know that was absolutely vital there on the set while we were shooting it and then several months afterwards so that lean movie as you sort of were referencing it came out of a process of of refining and refining and refining through that editing process you know Nick is great at being able to make sure there's no fat on the movie whatsoever Like he, he can really strip it down so it was a great I mean but these, I mean, these are collaborators you know I, I look forward to working with attention from Luke again I've worked with Ari obviously on lady with Beth Nick on lady with Beth so I felt very supported in making this movie by them you know
0: let's go somewhere new see worlds we've never seen before so that we can feel inspired Whether you're sitting in a cinema or in one of our cars, inspiration comes when we feel something new. That's why our electrified range is designed to take you on inspiring journeys. Kia, proud supporter of independent cinema. Kia, movement that inspires. And tell me about uh, our two leads. I mean, Thomasina McKenzie and Anne Hathaway, very different actresses, very different eras, and yet together. You know, like what a great chemistry! And and did you envisage those two actors straight away?
1: Yes, they were, I, was, I felt very lucky that uh, my first choice for both roles said yes. And I think that often happens when you have such a great script. You know, I think that I knew reading that book in March 2020 that that here were two great characters who two great actors would want to play. You know, so I think. It's helpful if you have two such great characters and you know that you're going out to act is going to be much easier. And, you know, there was no doubt in my mind. I thought Thomason's just, I had seen her in Leave No Trace. I'd love that movie that, that Deborah Granick made and and thought that what Thomason showed was such a honesty, openness on uh, on screen. And then I was really reminded how, how good she was when I saw the True History of the Kelly Gang uh, and saw her in that, and thought at that time that I watched that movie in uh, Picturehouse Central. In fact, I was casting in my mind Eileen. I was thinking about it, and um, and I thought yes, so she could be fantastic. So we were lucky that yeah, we, we we sent her the script, the book. We had a couple of great meetings about it, and then with Annie, yes, I mean we were so lucky that she said. She wants to play this part because it's fun. It's a really fun part that she can, she has funny bones. You know, she can really do comedy well. That's not to say it's a comedic role, but you do need that sensibility, I think, to play somebody who's a little larger than life in where, you know?
0: Yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of like a sort of metanoir. Like there's a real punk ideology behind it in a way. Like there's something really edgy and raw and you're just hungry for more of Rebecca or... you know because she's not on screen for that long is she but every word you're just absolutely drinking in aren't you she is
1: no i mean it's she's brilliantly written in the book she's was then fantastically written on the page of, of of the script and then you know what annie brought to her i thought was she just knew how to pitch it you know like she can just with a look a little wink and a flick of the hair and like the light of a cigarette. And, you know, just she just had it in her in her body. She was really living that character. It was, it was fantastic to see. You know, and I think probably, as you say, you know, they are, Annie's been working for 25 years in the industry, more or less. And Thomason is, you know, a relative newcomer, I guess, Deborah's movie was five years ago. And Thomason would say she's been acting since a very young age, she grew up around actors, obviously. But I know that she... Had watched Annie as a kid growing up. You know, she she has been surrounded by her movies. So when 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 they met on set, there was an admiration already built into the relationship. That relationship between Eileen and Rebecca that you see, this one of this uh this this uh, some shrinking violet, if you like, this this, this young woman slightly repressed, is able to sort of come out of herself because of this relationship that she has with Rebecca St. John. And I know that Thomasin looked up to Annie as, as someone that she admired very much. And I think it was helpful. You know, in fact, the scene where they go on their first date was the first scene that we shot. So they didn't really know each other at all, Thomasin and Annie, before they shot that scene. So we could use a lot of the natural nervousness around their meeting in the scene itself.
0: And I just want to discuss one of my favourite scenes, which was when Thomasin was on her way to the second date, if you like, and the look in the in the mirror, it's just so filled with grace and melodrama. And I'm oh, sorry, I'm so gushing, aren't I? This yeah. is a very, very gushing <laughs> interview. I've just suddenly oh, become aware yeah. of that. But I was blown away. I was blown away. Oh, I love seeing these female characters on the screen. I mean, it's just Honestly, uh, my eyes are dry for wanting to yeah. see women like this. Yes. <laughs> I mean. yeah. So, yeah. You yeah. know, and just tell me about directing a scene like
1: that. That specific moment was, you know, we knew what had come before. So, without ruining too much of the movie, essentially, when Eileen goes on this second date, she doesn't feel like there is going to be one. So, she's already been through the feelings of associated with feeling that it's over, this relationship, whatever had begun, was fleeting. And so when she gets the call to go for Christmas drinks, she's just, her heart bursts. I mean, she's just absolutely full of joy, excitement, anticipation. She's, you know, you can see it. She's brimming, absolutely brimming. And so uh, we shot the that scene in the car, in a tent. It was not on a road because for those people who... Know a bit about films it's very expensive to shoot a car on a road for some reason it's much easier to shoot it when it's not moving and uh, you just rock it and it does allow you then to you know, put the camera in a nice place and then for thomas to really think about the force behind it but we had this piece of music that they had danced to it's called all these things by art neville and we knew that we wanted them to dance to that and for that to be a song that was associated with this version in love. And so we just played it, Thomasin played that to herself through her earphones in that moment. So she was remembering, we had already shot the dance. She'd already heard that music. And so in this moment, she was playing this music and she was driving and so she couldn't help but be moved by that music and by that memory. And I think it really informed that the moment of, of joy that you see in her face.
0: It was incredibly sweet and just it just sealed to me what a great actor she she is. And also Marin Island is so good as Mrs. Polk. And that whole melodramatic sort of noir thriller storyline, it was very reminiscent for me of something like Splendor in the Grass, or that really right. repressed era. I mean, and but then also the sort of meta view that we have now of that time. Yeah, tell me about Mrs Polk and bringing Clarence Ireland in.
1: Well, I think, you know, she, she I mean, she's representative of many women of that period. I mean, one of the lines she has, I mean, without saying too much about the movie, she's been through a tragedy of her own. Her son is in prison for killing her husband, his father. And after he murdered his father, killed him in his bed while he was sleeping, with his mother in bed beside him he refused to speak ever again he'd never ever ever said why he did it um, that's one of the things that Rebecca wants to understand you know why would he why would he slit his father's throat and stab him so many times in the chest you know, so when you get to the heart of why he did it and Mrs Polk's part in that she says who do you tell she says who do you tell You know, you do the best you can. And I feel like what she represents is a lot of women in the 60s who really had no one to talk to about the abuse that they were suffering. And they had no one to tell. Uh, And even if they were able to, this is a woman who was married to a cop, uh, who was surrounded by cops. And who's she going to tell? She's going to tell the cops. Well, the cops are not going (laughs) to do anything against their own. And I just felt like Marin really caught the sense of that in a way that felt true, that was not like playing a Boston cop wife from the '60s in any sort of you know clumsy way that we have tried something we'd seen before. But actually, you know, we we spent a day, full day, just working on a scene that you know there's one particular scene. And we just took, we just broke it down bit by bit, and she relived every memory, and it was very, very moving to do that with her. She's a, she's a really fantastic, fantastic actor, really brilliant.
0: Yeah, I, I thought that particular scene where she, you know, says what's happened to her, and I, I just was, I found it incredibly contemporary, actually, mm-hmm. even though it's set in the '60s, it, it's, it's much more prescient.
1: Um, well, yes, I think that's you know. interesting as well because you know, like one of these. One of the questions we have is like, you know, why tell these stories now? And it's interesting. with Lady was you know, we said in 1860, but it felt like so many of the themes of that movie were also themes which you could talk about. But that was that was like 2016, and I think with with *Eileen*, it's the same. You know, you said it feels contemporary. Well, that's because the problems, the the, the same problems still exist. <laughs> you know, unfortunately, and I think that is that's a tragedy I mean, it really is a tragedy like it's it's a period piece but it's also not <laughs>
0: <period> yeah <piece. laughs> but what we are seeing is a different pov and i just really want to congratulate you on that because it's you know it, as you know as a woman that's seen a lot of films over my lifetime growing up i feel there's this fantastic shift in perspective that is taking place that is giving us a new narrative and um, mm. yeah, I really applaud you for that. And I apologise for my dog in the
1: background.
0: <laughs> Could you tell us why we need to see this film at a cinema? This is our last question.
1: I mean, you've got to see it in all its glory. I mean, we've spent, you've got the music of Richard Reed Parry, you know, one of the founder members of Arcade Fire. I mean, he's done a fantastic score. And I really recommend that. I know people have great TVs and sound systems, at hope now, but you're never going to play it as loud as at the cinema. You've got to go in there and have it blasting at you. Um, Ari Wegner, cinematographer of Eileen, also Lady Macbeth, Power of the Dog, some great movies. She's, I mean, she's shot it beautifully. And I really think that you're going to not get that quality image at home. You're going to see it as we would love you to see it. And also, I think it's a movie, it's, you know, I think it's very funny. It's a dark movie. And I think you're going to imp- appreciate it far more when you're with a group of people take some friends it's a christmas movie christmas love story perfect christmas love story that's <laughs> what so you're going to go and see in the <laughs> cinema and it's a night out i really think that you will come away with some thoughts some strong thoughts about the movie you know and i think it's it's worth going to the pub afterwards and having a chat about it
0: which yeah, you know will
1: be great when you come out of the cinema and you can go and do that go to the uh, picture house central bar <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly I couldn't recommend a better cinema to see it in definitely yeah. William it's been such a pleasure to talk to you today thank you very much for coming on our thank podcast you. and really this is such a great film so it's everyone wonderful. gets it, it <laughs>
1: wonderful thank you so much so much Thanks. thank you take care